1: Level 2.
4: This is Sports Ridge. I am Ramsey. the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people, of Boston, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. The Friday Night Free Show continues East Coast style uh, tonight. All right, we've got a lot of guests uh, still to come uh, here. We're not done with Mike Blewett. Uh, we got Rob uh, Vino and um, Big Man on campus ready to kick it uh, with us here uh, this evening. Or at least we hope. Uh, you know what I mean? there's no guarantees in this world as we find out all the time that's why we say there's no locks right even if something is already locked in it's not locked there's there's no locks in this world all right there's there's no locks in this world besides you're going to get screwed over that's the lock you want a lock you're going to get screwed over there's your lock uh, Edmonton Oilers get it done uh, here this evening. Identical scores: six-three uh, uh, Edmonton over Colorado, six-three Minnesota over Seattle. Uh, but the news of the day today in the National Hockey League: uh, Guy Lafleur. Unfortunately, my favorite hockey player of all time, actually, uh, Guy Lafleur. I've always been a Guy Lafleur fan, and nobody—I've never been a bigger fan of anybody. It's never, no one's ever surpassed him as far as my fandom is concerned. A larger-than-life uh, figure, a larger-than-life figure that d- dominated, uh, dominated in the '70s. Uh, won five uh, Stanley Cups. Uh, he's awarded the Conn Smythe uh, Trophy, Playoff MVP. Uh, first player in league history to produce six consecutive seasons with 50-plus goals, 100-plus points. Um, yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. and you know we talked about him on game time uh, game time decisions and he's not the only one but he's one of a few actually that people just don't realize just how big they were right like you know what i mean just how big the montreal canadians were we're talking about a canadians team that won uh that won six stanley cups in 10 years uh, you want to you want to talk about dominance You know, you win, you win six Stanley Cups in in ten years, and he's basically listen. He's the best, the best player on probably the best team ever. So that, that's all you need to you know, that's all you need to know as far as um, as far as his career is concerned. Now Don Cherry, Don Cherry and Guy Lafleur are forever linked, and I saw that Don Cherry was trending today. Because of the passing of Guy Lafleur. And you know what? Rightfully so. They are. You know what I mean? It was like Ali, Fraser type of deal. The Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins used to play all the time in the 70s. And the Montreal Canadiens would beat them all the time. It was just, you know what I mean? It was one of those sports rivalries. And, and it would always end in a painful fashion for Boston. And none more so than when Don Cherry and the Boston Bruins had too many men on the ice. And Guy Lafleur <laughs> Flew down the right side and teed One up and in fact as I speak uh, just Showing the highlight right there Then Yvon Lambert Yvon Lambert went on to score the, uh, the Winner after but there's the famous Don Cherry Standing there looking to the crowd Night anchor management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Rancy. the affects the players, the hustlers, the people that bustle, but everybody else in between. We're kicking it uh, here. And so we were just talking about uh, Gila Fleur on on the serious side of things. And shout out to all of our AM uh, radio affiliates. But uh, the passing of Gila Fleur shook uh, the hockey world uh, up one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And, you know, it sounds cliche because we're just talking about a guy last week in the same vein in Mike Bossy, who also was one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Listen, Guy LaFleur had a little bit more flash, right? Like, I mean, he's was, he was the flower, LaFleur. The flower. And I know they call uh, Marc-Andre Fleury the flower. You shouldn't. You can't. You can't. You can't. Like, people like they take these people's nicknames and say, you can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care, like, whatever his name. No, no, you can't do it. There's one flower, his name His name was Guy LaFleur. I tell you, they got a hell of a lineup there right now between, uh, between Mike Bossy and Guy LaFleur. Guy LaFleur, though, instead of being sad, you know, it kind of sucks. As I said, if you're just joining us, my favorite hockey player of all time. Um, it kind of, you know, it sucks. But at the same point in time, he'd been sick. for He'd been ill for a little while. He lived a very good life. You know, it's sort of like the bands. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything was just different, right? Like, there's popular bands now and stuff, but it's not the same, right? Like, it's not the same as, like, man, Motley Crue are coming in, the arena shows, and, like, it was the same thing. Like, you know, the 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 New York Islanders with Mike Bossy and Butch Gorn and Trache and Billy Smith and the Canadians, it just was larger than life, and it hasn't been duplicated, right? How many teams have won? How many teams have won six cups in ten years, right? And then, you know, you had the, the, the New York Islanders and then into the Edmonton Oilers. But a lot of hockey royalty have passed in the last week here with uh, with Mike Bossy and now Guy Lafleur. Incidentally, both from, uh, from Quebec. Mike Bossy's from Montreal. Guy Lafleur was uh, closer to Quebec City. Rest in peace, Guy. The late-night anger management class. This is rage. I am Marenzi. The Friday night free show continues. Bring it.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Morenzi.
4: The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am a red seat. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the Mike Blewitts, and everybody else in between. It's been too long since we've breaking it down. With Mike Blewitt, he was, of course, at the Final Four in the Bayou in New Orleans. And Jay Wright um has stepped down getting into the Sixers and the Raptors and uh, Mike and I will be in Las Vegas Nevada for the upcoming National Football League draft Mike a lot of stuff going on how you doing
3: I'm doing great excited to be with you next week I think we're going to have a ton of fun and obviously we'll try to make some money on the draft process because I think it's a market that you and I have followed for a really long time and we can we can show some people some good numbers
4: uh, we're going to be one of like 750,000 people uh, on the Strip. I think it's one of the largest gatherings. It really is one of the lar- largest uh, public gatherings in American history. It's like three Woodstocks, uh, essentially. It's just going to be over uh, the top. So let's let's actually start off uh, with the National uh, Football League uh, draft. So we've got all the talk of the wide receivers and um, and the potential trades and we've got the, the situation with the first overall pick in which suddenly people do not believe it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. So are you buying in? Who do you think the number one pick is going to be? Because Aiden Hutchinson right now is a minus 185, Matt FanDuel.
3: Yeah, and I remember listening to you earlier in the week where you had talked a little bit about how that number has come down quite a bit. So it's even though it's still at a fairly heavily juiced number, it's still something that there's far more value on now than there was even just a couple of weeks ago. Starting
4: to uh, go back up, too, because it got yeah. down to $0.65, 70 right. cents Now no, it's starting right. to go start right. back up. <laughs> People are, are going to buy it, try to buy at the bottom.
3: I, I, I don't think there would be anything wrong strategically with the Jaguars taking either of the offensive linemen. It just feels like, at this moment they are still a very depleted roster on talent. They've addressed the offensive line this offseason by signing a free agent, by extending one of their own, and they have Josh Allen on one side to get another edge rusher and potentially create problematic defensive players for the other teams, I think is the direction that they need to go. We know they're not going corner or safety or anything like that. I think this is edge rusher. They have the QB. They have offensive linemen. That's the way I feel like they're going to go. And I don't, I'm i not going to get cute about it. I don't think it's Trayvon Walker. I don't think it's Kayvon Thibodeau. Although, if you ask me right now, who would be the wild card pick? I would probably say him. I still think it's Aiden Hutchinson.
4: Now, what the Detroit Lions pick second, I think they would like to trade the pick potentially. Uh, yeah, uh, but I don't think there's any player that's worthy of trading up for, although we could have said the same thing about Mitch Trubisky uh, years ago, right? That's right. So you never really know what's going to happen, but what's your feeling with the Detroit uh, Lions and how they're going to uh, – how they they went offensive yeah. line last year, so they went with Sewell. Yeah. They're looking to build a foundation. To me, and you know, listen, their dream scenarios that the Jags don't take Aiden Hutchinson, obviously. Correct. But let's say they do. Do they go with Trayvon Walker, or do they go with a Kayvon Thibodeau? I, my gut tells me they're going to go with a defensive lineman. I think they – it wouldn't shock me if Thibodeau went second overall to them. Uh, it won't surprise or me. Kayvon Walker, actually.
3: That's right. It won't surprise me either. I think edge is really one of their top needs. They are very light on wide receiver, but none of these wide receivers are likely to go to. And it's uh, a Garrett.
4: deep wide receiver class. They exactly can scoop right. one up in the second round.
3: You know, the funny part of what we're saying about the trade market, though, Gabe, is – in, in this scenario in recent years when we when you and I sat here and many others sat here and said this is a perfect opportunity for this team to trade down well the other 31 teams know that too and they're not going to give them all that much to trade down in order to for, have them reconstruct their roster so they'll probably just let them sit there it's too high of a valued pick for people to move up to your point for somebody like Malik Willis or even for a Garrett Wilson it's too much to pay so I think they sit there and take one of the defensive linemen I think it's Trayvon Walker or Kayvon Thibodeau this is a roster is a long way from being complete they desperately need wide outs but that's something that they will address down the road because they have a high pick in the second round as well
4: the Houston Texans are really interesting aren't they yeah in that they they have a lot of needs mm-hmm. yet um they seem is it a smokescreen are, do you believe that they're committed to Davis Mills for real Uh, as their quarterback or just for this year and they don't like these quarterbacks because I don't get the feeling they're not taking Kenny Pickett third overall I don't get the feeling they're oh yeah Kenny you know Kenny Pickett or I don't believe they're taking Malik Willis uh, third overall so do they just sort of continue to build the foundation I've got them going with Evan Neal but then you got to ask yourself all right you're getting this big lineman it's like almost getting like a security guard to protect like an empty house it's like, well, there's nothing in there. What are you guys protecting? But you've got to start somewhere, right, Mike? And you know, the foundations of football teams are always built on the lines. What do you, what, what, what do you think they do, the Texans? Because they're not the problem is- take a skill position player. They got to take a D lineman or an O lineman.
3: I mean, they need skill position players everywhere, but you're right; they can't take them. I don't think they'd take them here. Again, another candidate to trade back. They need as many picks as possible. They have botched the draft and trades in recent years that have depleted them of both talent and picks. <laughs> so, uh, at the moment, I, the the only and I'm not not comparing the two, but I think you have to look at this as in a similar way what Philly did last year with Jalen Hurts. They're saying all the right things. They'll give him a shot if he plays great. And Davis Mills was pretty good. On a bad football team, they won as many games as they did the year before uh, with Deshaun Watson. They won four games. I get the extra game and all that. But I would look at it the same way. They're going to give him a chance. They'll say all the right things. If he's bad, we're moving on. Into, and will probably be a bad team picking high again where there's more talent at the top of the draft at the quarterback position, where, whether it's uh, Bryce Young or Spencer Rattler or any other names you want to throw C.K. in there. CJ Stroud. Guys are, CJ Stroud, exactly right. Those names will be out there for them to take. So I think they can play with Mills this year. And again, what what is the pick? What is the breaking point where somebody says, I have to go up and get Willis. I have to go up and get Pickett. I don't think it's here. And to your point about offensive line, I'm all with the building blocks. I would never criticize any team for taking offensive linemen in the first round. I just don't know if they'll do that because they are already paying guys. They've already paid guys like Laramie Tunsil a ton of money, uh, heavy on their books I- it recently. And I just wonder if they take who, whomever is left of the defensive Linemen, which is hutchinson walker and thibodeau thibodeau at three would be kind of a gift i i, I start to wonder if he's not going to be there at three
4: that's five and a half it's and and, and same thing that's starting to go back up where people are realizing oh well maybe uh, yeah, he's probably going to go in the top five and you know the his stock
3: dropped for no good reason he you know, was like, the guy where you had you you had to jump on that market all the rumors were yeah, He was never going to be past nine or ten. Never. And he's oh, not so even going to be they they past was, five. He was slated actually.
4: to be the top pick all year. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the smear campaign worked, yeah. in yeah. a sense. And, and here we are right now. But suddenly, he's moved to four and a half right now. So we were sharp to get in. And, you know, we saw the video. We did the video sure. uh, earlier in the week. And we've been talking about Kayvon Thibodeau a lot. And Mike Tenere, uh from FBI Outsiders, New York Times, when I was talking to him about Kayvon... He had a good line and a good point in which he said he talks to people about Kavon and people say they heard from, heard from someone that heard from someone that heard from someone that heard from someone that maybe he doesn't love the game or that, you know, or maybe he doesn't play hard on every snap. I spoke to a coach last week. He goes, Gabe, I've been coaching football for 40 years. He goes, nobody plays hard every snap. <laughs>
3: yeah. And Trevor Lawrence and Miles Garrett, two former number one picks had the same thing said about them leading up to the draft. It was real about Miles Garrett because he likes art and poetry, and maybe he's not committed for 10 years. Who cares? Who cares? He's
4: 21. Why would he be a fully formed adult right now? Anthony Edwards, they said the same thing. That's right. If you recall coming out, because they said, who's your favorite team? Because I don't watch the NBA. I'm not an NBA fan. He said, you remember he said, who's Alex Rodriguez? I don't know. <laughs> he was yeah, like, like I'm not I don't really get into basketball. Yeah, he said I was never like a dream to be in the NBA. I'm just good at it. And now you look, he's he clearly enjoying himself, right?
2: He's pretty damn good at it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team and 2% cash rewards on what you need like paying for parking that's the beauty of the active cash credit card it's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards the wells fargo active cash credit card that's real life ready terms apply learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash
0: ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court
4: Freak Show. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gabe Marenzi. We're breaking it down. Countdown and tip-off is on the roller coaster at the amusement park. The House of Horrors continues as we're calling the NBA playoffs an amusement park except it's actually a House of Horrors. But hey, depends on what side of the roller coasters that you have been on. Man, we were talking about it. We talked about it before the games tonight on Game Time Decisions about taking teams when they're down by double digits because nobody's dead in these NBA playoff games. Rob Vino steps up at wager WagerTalk.com. Rob, it's always a pleasure, my man. First things first, happy 34th wedding anniversary. You weren't with us so last week. I saw uh, you and the wife went on a on a on a cruise, on a on a local uh, cruise, and uh, we hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, it's good to have you back. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. You know, my son, my
6: oldest, actually had given us that as a Christmas gift, but it's too cold to go out in January, so we saved it for our anniversary. It was a nice night, you know. Just 34 years is a long time, Gabe. For me, it's, uh, you know, better than half a lifetime. So, same woman, 34 years, not too bad, I guess.
4: Yeah, I think it's been longer for her, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's without question. Uh, yeah, uh, all kidding aside, so Rob Vino with us. So, Rob, man, it had, really has been a crazy playoffs. You know, as NBA fans, I kind of knew that th- these playoffs were going to be a little bit different uh, than past ones. You know, I did think it was going to be more competitive. I do see sort of somewhat of a passing of the torch and younger players starting to step up, right? Now, in the NBA, but I'd be lying if you if I told you I thought it would be this uh, crazy and there'd be this many comebacks. It really is on a nightly basis now where if a team is up by 10, a team is up by 16. Hey, even if a team is up by 25, it doesn't mean the game is over. Normally, this is not the case.
6: Yeah, no, it doesn't even matter if it's a one-seed, Gabe. I mean, I'll go back to Phoenix, New Orleans, game one. Phoenix sitting there with a 25-point lead, and next thing I know, you know, New Orleans has cut that thing to nine. I'm sitting here laying ten with 38 seconds left. I'm sweating that game out. So it's been one right after the other without question. I think, you know, tonight the Chicago Bulls took one on the chin. There was no comeback there, but... I tell you what, if you've done, as a better, what you talked about in your intro there, and that is waiting for somebody to go on a huge run and then just in-game betting the other side, you're picking up a lot of cash here. I don't know if it's going to continue this way, but... um, Coaches need to make their teams aware that we got to keep playing, even though we are just completed
4: a 21 to nothing run. My goodness, and we're really seeing some historical stuff, man. I mean, look on on. like uh, guess last night tried to keep track of these nights, uh, but as far as the uh, the T Wolves are concerned, a 26 point lead at one point, and teams that have a 25 point lead or more in the playoffs had won 380 times and had lost eight times. I mean, really? Like that's like that, you, know, like that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. Toronto Raptors the other night. Uh we'll get to this series, and I'm actually in Toronto for game four. Um, Toronto Raptors the other night were up. Up uh, up by 10 at the half. We're 17 and0 in franchise history, at home in the playoffs when leading by double digits at the half. Like I said, it's just night night after night, man. One by one, these, <laughs> these, 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 these records, these trends, and these things just get shattered and punched in the mouth. And and how about tonight, the Atlanta Hawks? I guess not shocking because the Atlanta Hawks are are a good, are are a very good home team. Uh, but once again, look, the Atlanta Hawks trailed by as many as 16 against the Miami Heat uh, tonight, making it their third largest playoff comeback in the last 25 seasons. Um, and it's funny because the two the 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 only two other ones were actually against the Philadelphia 76ers uh, last year so it goes to show the modern NBA it really isn't like the the old days anymore
6: no you know there used to be a saying you want to watch an NBA game just turn on the last two minutes and see what happens and that's almost where we're at right now Gabe um, you know if you go back to the Brooklyn Boston game one I think Brooklyn goes on a You know, like a 17 to nothing or a 19 to nothing run into the fourth quarter and takes the lead and looks like they have it in the last second. Jason Tatum layup wins it. It's just you're never safe here. I got a we got a producer over at WagerTalk.com who had Memphis last night um, and. You know, after the game, i got to learn to stop throwing in the towel too early with these games, and that's exactly what we're alluding to here. I happen to be on the total tonight on the short end of 221.5, Atlanta-Miami Falls 221. Um, We're seeing some of that. There's been a couple of those, too. There's no question. There's no question. I mean, it's interesting, Gabe, because I find myself now, the way these games have gone, um, yesterday I'd say, Kind of looking at first halves, it seems like the defense doesn't really show up for anybody until the game is on the line late in the second half, fourth quarters, we see some dreadful scoring performances over these uh, this first round of the playoffs in, in fourth quarters. And I, I will say one thing, a trend that continues to cash and cashed again tonight with the Atlanta first half, teams down 0-2, coming home, um, and are favored in the first half. If they're home in the first half, they're now 17, 18, 3 and 1, 18, 3 and 1 after the Hawks' catch. Toronto did it the other night. And, and we yep. see the odds makers compensating like crazy, right, Gabe? I mean, Toronto's a one and a half point favor or excuse me, a one point favorite in the first half, but a two point
4: underdog, full game, three point gap tonight. Oh, they've been uh, jacking these money lines, Rob, in the first half, too, man, like jacking them up. I see $2 for Brooklyn
6: tomorrow, money line first half. They're three and a half first half, three and a half full game. So obviously, bookmakers are aware of the 18 and three run or trend, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they're making you pay a tax, but it's not stopping these things from getting there.
4: Tomorrow, Brooklyn first half, I guess you just blindly play it at this point in time. Well, we have been. We have been blindly playing it, and it was a nice 10-0 run throughout the week this week until last night, the last two games, it didn't happen. But we often see this. And and I know, listen, one of your colleagues, Ralph Michaels, had some numbers as far as teams that are down 0-3, like the Toronto Raptors are against the Philadelphia 76ers, and very similar situation. The teams that are down 0-3 at home have done very well in the first quarter, in the first half, but not so well in the game. Oh ultimately. Right? and we see this time and time again you know, the adrenaline, the crowd's into it, you hit a couple of shots early, the other team hasn't cranked it up uh, yet and and then reality sets in as the game goes on and as you stated too, there seems to be more, you know, there's higher scoring It's higher scoring early in these games the the defensive intensity picks up but also, quite frankly, so does the pressure, Rob, right, and it's easy for us to sit back and watch these players miss shots, but look, Kevin Durant man, one of the greatest players of all time the other night went 0 for 10 in the second half, it It happens to the best of them, and we're seeing a lot of the younger players. We saw with the Raptors, Siakam, tightened up in the second half the other night, couldn't hit a shot. Uh, We see it with the Denver Nuggets. We've seen it across the board with these teams. The Minnesota Timberwolves, bad shot selection, you know, Brick City, late in games when it actually matters. Yeah, 12 points fourth quarter. Carly Anthony Towns completely frustrated.
6: We've seen that a couple of times now within the last seven or eight days. The one game where you fouled out in the play-in game. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, uh, See, that's
4: another thing, Rob. That's another thing that we've been seeing a lot of, where a player will be awesome or a player will be terrible, then he'll bounce back, and then he'll be terrible again. <laughs> like, like, it really is hit or miss. <laughs>
6: And with Dallas last night against Utah, you would have thought at least, you know, just logic would tell you that situationally, it's a good spot for Utah. They um, come in 1-1 first game at home. They realize Lucas comeback is on the horizon. Let's get this one here. And Dallas comes back out and shoots threes as well as they did the game before. And a guy like Maxi Kleber, who had hit 18% free throws from January 1st till the other day, all of a sudden he goes eight over 11 and then, you know, the team hits 13 more. He's hitting a bunch of them stuff. It is. It's wild stuff, Gabe, that's for sure, and, and we'll see how it continues here. I think once we weed it out and get into the deeper rounds, but we've seen some injuries that are going to affect things, not necessarily tonight, but Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, in the next round, where they probably
4: both won't be present, that, that probably affects some things for Phoenix and Milwaukee. Well, speaking of injuries, it sounds as though Luka Doncic is is ready to go, yet the number I'm seeing a five-and-a-half right now. Um, you know, what do you make of this then right now? And the fact that they won, are they going to hold him out one more game? I think they've held him out long enough. If he's good to go, it's time to unleash him and get him on the court, even though they are playing good basketball without him right now. So I guess there there are multiple ways of looking at this, but as far as the market is concerned, um, it's five and a half, which leads me to believe that the book doesn't believe that he's playing. Yeah, and I think the increase that you've seen in the total would
6: indicate the same thing. Gabe, heading into that series, a couple of Dallas beat writers had indicated that without Luca, they were going to try and push pace and shoot threes um, in in an effort to really neutralize Rudy Gobert's presence. They didn't want to have to go into half court against Gobert. First game, they didn't really execute it all that well. They challenged Gobert and didn't push that much. But you could hear Jason Kidd in a couple of sideline timeouts telling his team, especially Jalen Brunson, get the board and push and push and push. In the last two games, that's what they've done. It's caused the total to go over both times. When Luca gets back in the lineup, they become way more methodical. We know they were the 30th uh, pace team in the NBA. So they're slow with him out there. He takes the air out of the ball. But without him, they're running. And with the total going up and with the Utah price going up, it would indicate, at least tonight, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. That thing could come steaming back down. But I'm in agreement with you that I think if Luka's ready, get him out there. But you have to understand that, and, and we thought this right after the win in game three, that Dallas just bought themselves some more time. If, in fact, he's not good enough to go, you're up 2-1. Rest him again and bring him back in Game 5 at home. So we'll see what they decide to do. But I, I would expect, Firstly, I think Luka's going to go. If the line doesn't show that tonight, we may see something different tomorrow. That's a... Uh,
4: East Coast start. All right, so hang in here, uh, Rob. We'll take a quick break. Rob will join us on the other side. Uh, We'll hit tomorrow's uh, games. We'll break it down. The late night anger management class NBA playoff edition. And then next week, we're breaking it down in Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Nevada. Bring it.
2: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash ActiveCash.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court.
4: Friday Night Freak Show. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Maranci. throwing it down on SiriusXM, channel 159, a Money or 1090 ESPN radio, kicking it with Rob Vino, Rob Vino, sports.com, wagertalk.com. Uh, so let's get into the games, Rob. And the first game up on uh, Saturday is the game that I'm going to be attending. And uh, you are in Sixer Country, so I know you've, you've watched this series closely. What a wild game uh, the other night. We talked about teams uh, blowing leads, and the Raptors blew the lead. I didn't like the them awarding Doc Rivers that timeout, but at the same point in time, you know, the Raptors blew a 16-point you know, lead. So um, it, it is what it is and they had their opportunities to close out how do you feel about this? And, and we should bring up as well the uh, the Joel Embiid situation. So Joel Embiid, his thumb was already taped up. It got hit pretty hard a couple of times the other night, and you know reports reports were out of practice today that he was in pain. But he was just you know he was going to suck it up and play. But it is causing serious discomfort. I have to wonder though if he gets hit again early in the hand, and you know they're up three games to none. Is it worth actually leaving him out there? and a lot of teams down 3 nothing rob would I'd be worried about it but the fact that the raptors are playing at home there is a tradition and a legacy a history of actually playoff success with the raptors like a a sweep would be embarrassing for them even though they're sort of a year or two ahead of schedule of what they're looking to do but how do you how do you think this plays out well i think toronto
6: has the mindset to come to play. I don't think, you know, there's other situations across the over on the Western Conference side where I think teams are ready to go home, but I don't think Toronto's ready to go home. It's just a question of whether or not they can, you know, match up. They probably played as good a game as they could play defensively against Philly the other night and just couldn't get the job done. So they, they need to have a little more second half offense. You talked about that before. I think they're going to come to play a Joel Embiid as of the 11:30 p.m. Eastern Time NBA.com injury report is listed as available. Um, Like you said, Scotty Barnes is listed as doubtful. Just for the record, Toronto Raptors Barnes doubtful. Boy, and that's hurt them in this series, Gabe. I don't know. Maybe certain people don't think it's as big a loss as I do, but I think that really hurt them, losing Scotty Barnes here. Um, And that's from a guy who had a Toronto series ticket at plus 155. I thought they were... You know, yeah. and going to be the winner of this series, and, and certainly they're not going to win four straight. But as for tomorrow, I, I would look. You know, the games have trended under ever since game one, and there's been very few shot attempts. You look at the field goal attempts combined by these teams last couple of games, even with overtime, very low amount of shots even attempted. So I think they're settled in, they're anchored in. Toronto will come with good defensive effort again. Philadelphia has shown pretty good defense at times too, and probably probably look under here, um, but that's assuming that if the game, you know, isn't going Philly's way and Toronto, let's go with the rope. I don't think they will. So I would probably look underside is difficult for me. I don't really want to lay three with Philadelphia. Um, and then again, you know, if Toronto's down late turns into a foul fest because their season is slipping away. I don't want to be on that side either. I, I think under is probably the best way for me to go.
4: I think the Raptors in the first quarter uh, is is a look as well. Yeah, first quarter, first half. Uh, you know, because look, put it this way, if, if they if they get steamrolled in the first quarter, it's going to be a long afternoon. Um, it's going to be a very long afternoon at the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Uh, now it's called the Scotiabank Arena, and Scotiabank, of course, obviously uh, a bank. Except the building, you can't tell like from the outside, like sort of, it looks like an arena. But if you look at it from like. Overhead, it sort of looks like an airport hangar because it used to be called the Air Canada Center so i don't know like I don't know if they're gonna call it the bank now or something like that but it's just it doesn't have the same feel to it it's like it kind of looks like a hanger uh but it's named after a bank now so we're talking about utah and dallas and kind of tough right now to gauge this game guys we were talking about the total and as rob brought up when luka Doncic is in there the mavericks really look to push the pace now there's talk about luka not having any discomfort um but he's not officially playing and i don't know like the the Lines makers are pretty quick with this stuff. If they felt he was going to play, I doubt they'd be letting you take Dallas plus five and a half. So this one's a little tricky right now. Total two twelve and a half. and a half. I am leaning with the over with Rob there as well. And let's get into one of the main events uh, here because Saturday's a, you know, it's a great day of basketball all day long. Yeah. You get Boston and Brooklyn. Saturday night in Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets laying three. And you talked about the, the dichotomy of the, you know, the first quarters and the first half lines compared to the game lines. You know there's going to be a lot of money on the Brooklyn Nets first quarter first half tomorrow and game itself do you think the number goes up I think it probably
6: does um, because it's a 730 prime time East Coast game so it's plenty of time for people to get to the window you've maybe accumulated a loss or two if you're a better by that time and you want to add on but you know brooklyn's going to be the the bandwagon side here i got one for you here though gabe and i I tell you i'll tell your audience right now that i'm actually on this play boston brooklyn over 108 and a half in the first half first of all 108 and a half looks small to me but then i went back through their season series all six games that they have played have all gone over this total. The, the lowest first half they played was a 111, And with Kyrie and Kevin Durant in the lineup, they've easily gone over. But the three games before that, remember how scattered Brooklyn's lineup was. I mean, that was a game where Kyrie and KD were on the same team and didn't play. And it still went over in the first half. So any situation you can think of in Boston, in Brooklyn, whoever's playing, They've managed somehow to get over this 108-and-a-half number. I don't know how the bookmakers set this line, um, but I think it's shy and should be bet accordingly um, just based off of what they've done this season. It really has not matter who's played. Even if one team has been ice cold in the first half, the other side has been red hot to compensate. And we've seen some of that in this series, too. When one team gets shut down offensively, the other team goes on a run, it's been another series. Of runs, and uh, I think over 108 and a half in the first half is a really good play that not many people are looking at simply because we all want to get on this Brooklyn first half, which I'm not going to argue anybody off of.
4: Rob Vino with us just for a couple of more moments. Uh, Great stuff as always, Rob, and I'm glad that you brought this up because we've got another one as well, and I'm sure you're aware of it, but for everybody tuning in, but we've been banging on this all week. So uh, Memphis and Minnesota, the two highest scoring uh, first quarter teams in the NBA, and similar situation, Rob, all three games have gone over the number here in the first quarter. So not the first half, you were just talking about Brooklyn and the Nets first half. This is a first quarter trend. First one was um, first one that got to 74. Game 2, they got to, to 65. They put a 58 and a half up the other night, and it got to 60. So, it, it got there. You could say barely got there, but it, they, they hit a shot to get there with like 38, 40 seconds left type thing, and then there was no more scoring. There was two misses to finish, so it wasn't like it was a buzzer, and I'm just, you know, I find it fascinating because it keeps going over, um, and they set a lower number uh, tomorrow. I'm seeing right now, uh, FanDuel's got a 56 and a half, and I'll tell you, I will will be plenty over this. What's your take on that? Yeah, no, I've got it. I've got it already, Gabe, and I'll give you one more. Memphis team
6: total in the first quarter has been an absolute ATM machine for the most part of this season. Now, they only got to 21 last game. You mentioned the 60. I was on that game, too. That game got to 60 with no help from Memphis, only 21 points, but Memphis, their team total throughout the remainder of the regular season had constantly been first quarter 30 and a half, 31, and then it rose, I think in game one of this series, all the way up to 32 and a half, and tomorrow it's down to like 29, And I just think you have to try and take advantage of that, too. I did play first quarter because I think both teams are high-scoring first quarter. No sense of the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's just roll with first quarter over at this price. But if you wanted to get involved in more than one spot in the first quarter, Memphis team total over, especially off the miserable 21-point first quarter in Game 3, I think would probably be another good way to go. Time has proven it's been successful.
4: Excellent insight and analysis as always, uh, Mr. Rob Vino, Sports dot com, dot com. So, uh, Rob, NFL Draft coming up. We've got about twenty seconds left. Are you, do you dabble in draft props at all? Uh, do you bet on the draft? I do. I do actually. I set this weekend aside to look at it. All right. So follow Rob on online, and we'll collaborate. I've got, uh, yes. I've got some picks already. I've got a couple of videos that I posted out there. We've been all over the draft. It's always a pleasure, Rob. Enjoy the games. Once again, happy uh, happy 34th uh, wedding anniversary. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Rob Vino. Great stuff with Rob Vino, as always. Thanks to Rob Vino for kicking it with us on the Friday Night uh, Freak Show. I am Gabriel Morenzi, SirSXM Channel 159, uh, to get you caught up to date with the updated um, numbers right now. And, you know, these, it's, it's, it's it's a 24-hour uh, market, uh, obviously. And we've been talking a lot about the Sixers and the Raptors. It's back up to three right now. It's two and a half. It's back up to three. Um, Scotty Barnes, of course, got injured in game one. And as Rob just talked about, you would figure okay, Scotty Barnes, not a household name. He's a rookie after all. And he scores 15 points a game. You know, what's what, you know, how much of an impact does it have? He's a starter. He plays as many minutes as any of the vets do. And quite frankly, he's probably better than they are. But right. it's one of these deals where in a couple of years Scotty Barnes is going to be a like a real star like he's the he's got that it factor and he's got ice in his veins it really has affected the Raptors no no excuse everyone's got injuries you know what I mean one by one every team's got problems man so no nobody's shedding a tear for anybody um but it doesn't look like he's going to be playing tomorrow which is strange because earlier in the week he was sort of he had that smirk about him playing and feeling better and now, you know, once again, it doesn't appear as if though um, from the reports I'm seeing, it says doubtful. It went from like sort of optimistic at the pregame, at the, at the, at the shoot around today and their practice today to people after the practice saying, no, not so optimistic about Barnes. Now, Joel Embiid has that bad thumb right now, but he's going to play. And uh, so the points put is three right now. It's 213 and a half. Uh, Vino was talking about like any under in this game. I think it's a similar situation as the last game, to be honest. I think the Raptors will win the first quarter. I think they'll come out, they'll play well in the first quarter. I think they'll they'll win the first half, and then the game will start to tighten up again. It's just it is. Like, are the Raptors really gonna smoke them? I don't think so. Like, is it going to be like, the Raptors by 22, 24? It could happen. Like, if the wheels fall off for Philadelphia and somebody gets hurt, and I'm not talking about, like, severely hurt even. I'm just talking about, you know, guys start twisting ankles and falling over and crashing and banging and stuff, and the Raptors are up by 18, they might tap out and say, whatever, we're up three games tonight anyways. But, I, you know, my my gut tells me, no, that this game is going to be close once again. Like Philadelphia, Philadelphia wanted to lose the game the other night. Like they were willing to give it up. They didn't play all that well. It was basically Toronto didn't take it and run away with it. So they were like, all right, we might as well win this thing. So it could be a similar situation tomorrow. The Raptors either, you know, punch them in the mouth, deliver that knockout punch, or it could be a problem. Take the Raptors in the first quarter and in the first half. We'll get into Brooklyn and Boston and more on the other side. This is Portridge.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
4: Next week, we're going to really get into the NFL draft. Countdown to the draft is on. Big man on campus will step up and in a level three. We'll talk more NBA basketball uh, with big man on campus. been a little while since big man has uh, been with us. So, you know what? We're not alone when we talk about these first quarter trends, the first half. Rob Vino was just talking about first halves uh, instead of quarters. We've been talking a lot about the quarters. He's talking about the halves uh, right now. And we're going to ride this train tomorrow. So, the Toronto Raptors are plus 0.5 right now. And it, it matters. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, well, it's only half a point. Well, yeah, you know, no, it does. Like, there could be a tie. These quarters are usually pretty close. So, the Raptors are plus 0.5. I think that's a play. You have a team that's down three games to none. They're in a desperate uh, – they're desperate. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to win the game. As I stated, they can come out – we see it time and time again, man. These teams come out hot at home, and then they fall apart as the game goes on. And then the better team, like, overtakes them. But I think the Raptors can win this game, actually. But I, th- I like the Raptors, uh, plus 0.5 in the first quarter. We'll get to the halves uh, in a second. Dallas and Utah is confusing me. Listen, um, if Luka doesn't play, which I don't think he is, and the number's gone up to six right now, and they're talking about him playing, it's kind of tough to break down this game, but like like we talked about with Rob Vino, man, when Luka Doncic isn't in a lineup, the Dallas Mavericks really push the pace. They play a different style of basketball with Brunson and Dinwiddie attacking the rack, right? When, when Luka has the ball, he dribbles it, he milks the clock, everything sort of slows down through him. Not that he's not an amazing player, but... Quite frankly, the Mavericks are balling without him right now. This one confuses me. And it's one thing if Utah lose this series. Like, people are ready to crucify these guys no matter what happens. But it's one thing to lose this series. But if they lose this game again, Luke can play. Like, if you lose both games at home without Doncic, that's going to be tough for everybody. Boston are up to minus two and a half, uh, two and a half point underdogs right now in the first quarter. Ripley, minus two and a half, minus half, minus one sixty. uh, money line. I do like the nets to come out hot here. This is sports range.
1: Bring it.
5: With the Wells Fargo active cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real-life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh.